0: Welcome back. It's Tampa Bay Cop Talk. It's me, David. and I'm with... it's, me, it's,
1: it's me, Jordan. And, yeah. and it's, it, it's going to be bumpy
0: like that because we are doing this via the interwebs. Yes, we are remote today. I'm actually in the office hiding in a quiet corner. <laughs> so, I'm in uh... my house, not hiding at all, being boisterous <laughs> and loud as I can be. I mean, I'm in a private room, so I should be all right. But we're doing this remote because we wanted to try this format out. And so we're gonna kick things off here with just talking about how boss these reds really are. Uh, I don't know- Well, before guys...
1: before before we descend into that discussion, David, uh, we had to t- talk about, first of all, get everyone hyped about this thing we're trying to put together. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Sunshine Cop. So
0: I, I, I've been working to try to promote this and then I almost forgot to bring it up on the
1: <laughs> Yeah, right, look at you. Wow, missed the boat completely.
0: Yeah, I did. Okay, so if you haven't heard, uh, and we've, been putting it on uh sorry something just beeped at me. <laughs> uh if you haven't heard and we've been putting it on our socials a fair bit um about the Sunshine cop It's taking place May 1st to the 3rd. We are going to be doing a big it's a big gathering statewide of all the OLSCs, all the Liverpool fan groups, even if you're not official, even if you don't belong to an OLSC, it doesn't matter, you're welcome to come. Uh, so we want to have a big, big party to properly celebrate the end of this thirty-year <laughs> drought. And I was gonna do it. We were gonna do it the weekend of May ninth, but that is also Mother's Day weekend. Can't do that. Can't do that. So yeah, that's the only problem. Because I was like, oh, it'll be awesome. Like we'll do the trophy lift. And then someone was like, yeah, that's Mother's Day. And I was like. Oh, brutal. So <laughs> can't do that. Don't want to do it the next week. because That's the final week of the season. And I think a lot of people will, won't want to do it. So we're going to do May 2nd. We're playing Arsenal away. We'll have a big watch party. Uh, I've notified American Social and they are down for it. So the big contingency with this thing, this event that makes it a little bit difficult to pass out details <laughs> is that the Premier League TV schedule changes on a whim so we don't actually know when what day the game will be on so we have to kind of wait and find out so the plan is though that if you arrive on friday night we're going to have a big like welcome party and pub crawl Uh, i want to work with like maybe lsc tampa bay to set up a pub crawl that we could uh, have everybody do probably in downtown i'm guessing and then Saturday, let's say that the match is that day. We would watch the match. And then that night, we're looking to have a big concert. Um, we don't have a venue totally solidified yet, but we definitely have some good options. And we're f- trying to book talent and like make sure that like we have a couple of bands for you. Maybe we'll do a live show. There's a lot of uh, cards on the, or a lot of ideas on the table there. Uh, and then on Sunday, hopefully... Uh, if not on Sunday, then on Saturday. If the match gets moved to Sunday, then we'll have to do the five-a-side tournament on Saturday. But either way, we'll want to do a big five-a-side tournament. All the OLSCs can put together a team, and uh, we'll. It'll be out at Cinco Soccer in like East Tampa, and it'll be a good time. We'll have a little cookout while we're doing it. Really, really excited. So no matter where you are in the state, we've got people coming up from Palm Beach. We've got people coming down from Jacksonville, Tallahassee, coming up from Southwest Florida. So join them, please. You're welcome. If you're red and you're in Florida, come hang out with us. (laughs) May 1st through the 3rd.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, uh, football is one of the few things that is best enjoyed in outrageously large crowds. And big footballing moments are always best enjoyed in outrageously large crowds. So the the more outrageously large we can get the crowd, uh, the better for all of us, in my opinion. I
0: basically want to have the fire marshal called to American Social. That's my goal. (laughs)
1: Listen, that's always a good goal. 800 people. So. that's a good goal to have listen i've thrown a couple shows locally like for music and that's always been my goal like i want the fire marshall show <laughs> like this is this is unsafe <laughs> but yeah so obviously get excited start spreading the word let people know that you know in the state that are reds that want to get down and, and celebrate the title properly because it's going to happen knows yeah. where
0: will be like may 2nd like a couple of days later probably is when the champions league semi-final second leg would occur so we could be Facing that coming up, it's a great time to celebrate the Reds. I mean, assuming they get that far, but the troubles on the cards, folks. Start thinking about the trouble.
1: That and like we could get to that game, and it could literally be Arsenal's like not even cup final, but like existence final, where they have to <laughs> beat us so that they're still relevant in football. Like I really, that could really be.
0: Really hope that we're still undefeated, just so that they're like having strokes about like panic attacks about it. Because it bothers- I've uh... they're way more yeah. fussed about it than I ever would be. Like I don't care about being undefeated like you don't get a trophy for it so i really don't care well
1: no you do get a trophy stop saying that david i corrected you last time you get a little gold trophy they give you a little gold trophy (laughs) if you go invincible well i don't really care but what i what i found interesting is i've texted all of the arsenal fans that i know personally and like hey so what do you think about uh the invincible thing now and they've all been very snooty and snide like i'm not really bothered by it yet yeah, I'm like right. oh you, you you are probably sweating it. They've all been to be fair they've all been very gracious and admitted like yeah this is probably like uh, much better than the invincible team and this side's like a proper footballing side but I'm not worried about it someone will beat you and who well who, well, who? <laughs> cuz <'Cause> no <laughs> one so far. Yeah, yeah yeah but like no that one team so had far.
0: 12 draws, okay? I mean <laughs> 90 yeah 90 points.
1: Listen, they all the rival fans I, I've seen have stopped going, uh, oh, you could slip up and just reverted to going, they're not as good as everyone says they are. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's like, whatever, which like, yeah, let's get into it. Let's, let's let's transition from sunshine cop into it we're, we're going to win the league as we finished last episode because we're just so amazing and we're record-breaking we literally are setting records and all those great sides of premier league's past have never done what this liverpool side is doing all the great sides of european you know history football history past are not doing what liverpool is doing right now it's literally the greatest team ever and it's going to win the league
0: I like we keep posting like different record-breaking things, and I like the one that you posted today where it was just like Liverpool players' league records at Anfield since joining, and I'm just thinking to myself, uh, you remember that movie Mr. Baseball? Yeah. Like there's a scene in that movie where he's like, they're trading him to Japan, and he's like, "I led this team in ninth inning doubles in the month of August." <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, "Where are we? <laughs> That's exactly where we're at. We're like, reaching like baseball levels of stat obscurity. Like, what is this? Like, what are we even talking about? I didn't even know that people calculated these things." <laughs> so,
1: like... No, yeah, it just, it, yeah, there's there's always a new level of uh, the unthinkable that you can peel back and find,
0: you know, with with
1: this red side.
0: Well, it makes me laugh, too, because I'm like, you can remember a time. I can remember a time where, like, they didn't even count assists in football. Like, it wasn't a stat because, like, they didn't keep any stats other than, like, goals. and They didn't even, like, possession wasn't even something they really cared about. You know, it was just, like, number of goals. That was it. But yeah. I'm like, now we're into this era, you know, like the FIFA era where, like, there's a ton of uh, stats. And, of course, Liverpool's data team is coming up with new statistics and ways to measure performance every day. So it's just like the trend in football, but it's fascinating to see like how this team is just shattering everything. They're going to set the bar so high that it like may never be reached.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had to come to grips with that by the, like at the end of the season, like I we probably never experience anything like this again in our lives. It's, uh, it's
0: almost kind of sad because it's like, well, where do we go from here? But. Yeah, it
1: it becomes. I was it like it's like it's it's funny because you always imagine like when Liverpool won the title, it was going to somehow be in some like more meaningful way than just ending ending the drought. And like the most Liverpool thing you thought would be to like wait to the last second and win it on the last second. No, the most Liverpool thing to do is to literally ha- to end the drought and have the greatest season imaginable, and then everything after that, even no matter how great it is, can't even stack up. <laughs>
0: um no, like we wanted to build like a little rocket that would fly across the neighborhood and we launched the space shuttle instead like <laughs> that's like the best analogy i can come up for it's it's insane to think about like what they're achieving all the time. I mean, to not lose for a calendar year, to, and now we're into like the thirteenth month. I had a buddy down from Ohio for the the game the other day against West Ham, and he was like, I, he's like, I heard on the news in Cleveland that you guys haven't lost in a year. I was like, what? Like your local news? He's like, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? That's so weird. I was like, you know, we haven't lost in uh, since January third of last year. He's like. Do you know how, like, incomprehensible that is to me? He's like, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. (laughs) Yeah, to be fair. He's like, that's like, I can't imagine what that must be like. I was like, yeah, to be honest, none of us knew. We're just figuring it out as we go.
1: (laughs) I don't even think we've really come to grips with it fully. Like, I still look around at people because, like, it's that whole thing where people are still, like, timid about saying we're going to win the league. Um, And it's like, but...
0: (laughs) i okay
1: <laughs> but but like not even that it's like beyond that like okay let's like remove the idea of winning the league from the equation can we talk about the fact that for the last two seasons going until this one ends we've only lost once and it was by a millimeter like that's insane
0: it's and then you got to think too like if you're going back 18 months to think about our records to th- or to just the last two seasons we'll say yes yeah, about 18 months right So that record is beyond City. It's beyond, like, we're getting to a point where, like, we're going to make their 198-point haul over two seasons look like a joke. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, even... If we don't start losing soon, which is why, like, you know, we'll get into priorities later, but, like, I don't know where we'll finish. I just keep looking at the finish line, though. Like, you just win seven more games, and there's nothing anyone can do to take it. Yeah.
1: I mean we're on 70 points and it's not even February 1st yet. Uh I, <laughs> I was telling Dave
0: get that many points at this point.
1: I was telling David like I have this uh, one of the, I play I, as I talk about plenty of times on the pod I play football manager and I have this football manager save where like I tweaked the system and I just went and bought like all the wonder kids under the age of seventeen and groomed them into like a super team with Mbappe like cemented as like the the centerpiece or whatever and even they in the Premier League can't get that many points they they're not even they wouldn't even be ahead of Liverpool at this point in the season it's ins it's insanity. It's literally better than video games. That's what I said to you. It is better than video games. We talked about how in FIFA you play like one of these seasons and you're like, oh, it's just FIFA or oh, it's just footy man. But no, they're literally doing that. They're just it's it's ridiculous. And it's with a team that at the beginning of the year, if you if you pulled the wide world of football and you asked about the midfield and you asked about certain positions is the front three deep enough, blah, blah, blah. What happens if you lose Allison? Everyone would swear to the high heavens that it would fall apart and that the midfield wasn't good enough. But we're at this point and it's I don't it's ridiculous it's out it's it's incomprehensible on on multiple levels
0: yeah no and the way we started like people just, like they're not hitting full stride and now oh, they're gonna struggle at some point you know january's gonna get them it always does here we are through january we didn't lose a single game and like for me <laughs> that's like oh that you know what about injuries i'm like we've we missed fabinho for like a month we had allison out for two months uh, Naby Keita barely touches the field because he's always hurt. We lost Joe Gomez at one point in the season. We, you know, Sadio Mane is down right now. James Milner has been out. Like, what are you talking about? We've had plenty of injuries. And yeah, Mo Salah yet- had
1: to an ankle against man United and that's why he didn't score. And he proved, he proved it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? Yeah.
1: And yet as continue. And yet here we are.
0: And yet here we are 70 out of 72 points taken. And I just don't even know how much better it can get at this point. I mean, they just keep redefining my expectation. Like I don't even have expectations at this point. I'm just like I don't know. It's so like United, you know, everybody's like nervous at one nil. I was like, nah. I know I should be because it's a United match, but nah. They these I mean, I was like these can't hang with us.
1: The one for me that really was it was the Wolves match. Like uh... the Wolves, yeah. I was, I was at, I like everyone said, I I was content with the draw and I was like, just don't lose this, please. Like, just keep, at least just keep the unbeaten thing going. Like, I can, I'm still on board well, with like that or whatever. Away,
0: a point away at their place is not, because it's not like the easiest place to go and they give us a game every time. So I was fine with the point. And then Bobby pulls it.
1: you know. Well, yeah, yeah out, of, out of nowhere. And that's how good we are now. Like, like. <laughs> We didn't do that, like, four or five years ago. I remember being in the pub every so often and looking at, like, Mark or you and being like, you know what we haven't done in a while? We haven't had a late comeback win where we scored two goals, and it just wouldn't happen ever. But, like, now we're at the point again where, like, oh, it happens. And it's not just, like, this fluky, like, lucky thing. Like, it just keeps happening. And, like, the Wolves game, we really did not deserve to win it in the second half. Like, we really did not. And we just get... We at the very end we we get those like three or four chances back to back and Bobby misses all the easy ones and then he just drills the harder one into the top <laughs> corner, just you know Bobby Bobby Firmino things. Uh, I and love, yeah, it's
0: my favorite thing to come out of that game was uh, Steve Nickel talking all this trash about throwing coaches, and then like it turns out it's the throw in that sets up the goal for Bobby. (laughs) And then since then, I've seen like two or three people analyzing the way we do our throw-ins and like how we get players free and then how you create like the next ball. And then you've got to win that next ball. But then he like it, I saw a really good one about, um, and it was like, so I think Trent throws it in and like Bobby and I want to say Jeannie did like this little like pick where he frees up Bobby. Bobby just plays it back to Trent. Trent lofts it up. To Mo, and as that's happening, Bobby circles around and comes back up to the midfield. Mo plays it to him real quick. It's like a quick one-two, and off they go. But it's like you can see how well it's coordinated to get the ball into the positions they needed. To, they need to get it into out of a throw-in. And I'm like I you know used to be you'd just like look for an open shirt and throw it at his feet <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's it's one of those things actually where if, if we're being honest uh it's a bit of like uh, american sports ideology breaking into the to the game because it is. Like it's like setting, up a, yeah, you're, you're it's a setting up a play yeah you doing are It's the setting up a play yeah and like that's like that's in basketball and it's in american football and i remember like like living in England, like, come, live, moving over to England, even when I was in youth soccer, we had plays and corner kicks or whatever, and it wasn't as, like, prominent to, like, put in plays. It was kind of like just, like, oh, kick it near post and run near post and run far post. But, like, now you got to the point, yeah, we have a guy who's just, like, looking at here's how we can set up a throw-in where you're going to cross paths. And, like, Bobby on that play, like, runs across the the path of the ball. So it, like, causes all the defenders to freeze thinking he's going to touch it. But he doesn't. He just runs by it because he knows it's going to go over him and go to Mo. Like it's part of the play. And yeah, it's it's great. Thomas Gronemark is now getting interviews on like Sky Sports and BT Sports because, yeah, everyone has everyone's now realizes like, oh, you know what? Yeah. One of the reasons why Liverpool is so good is because every like tiny detail that you can pick out uh, in the game, they they focus on and they hire someone who's that's going to be their their main focus and yeah it's that goal was yeah it's a (laughs) throw-in everyone wants to make fun of us for throwing coaches and no that's that's why you you get one
0: and you don't need Rory to either you don't need to like sign a player that that's his main skill
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the funny, the thing about that is, I don't know if we spent a lot of time talking about Tanis Gronemark on the pod, but uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, when he, he brought his system over, and he changed it for us, like he changed the names to LFC, long, fast, and clever, so there's three types of throws, there's a long throw, there's a fast throw, and there's a clever throw, and you have to decide in the moment which one is the best one to use, uh, and so yeah, That's we have awesome. the L, the LFC <laughs> throw-in system, as it's now called, <laughs> I love it. I, I don't know what he did at Michelin or wherever he's at in in, in, in Denmark or Norway uh, with their system. Or it's Copenhagen, isn't it, that he coaches? Oh, and yeah. And,
0: like, aren't they super successful off of throw-ins as well, I've heard? There's
1: <laughs> Yeah, no. So, like, the thing is, the stat in Europe is, like, there's, there was some stat going around about, like, efficiency at throw-ins leading to chances or something. And the only team that's better than us is Copenhagen. That's just because they've been doing it longer, to be
0: honest. <laughs> Imagine our
1: throw-ins in two seasons lads we're gonna be insane
0: Teams are going to be marking up like it's set pieces.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, no, it's it's like – it's like, uh, and that's the thing. Like talking about how great the, this Liverpool side is, is, at some point we're going to have to recognize that, okay, maybe City laid the groundwork for like creating this like idea of a super team, but it's really Liverpool that's changing the game. Uh, kind of like Arsene Wenger did when he came in with Arsenal. Kind of like Fergie did when he came in at Man United. And, yeah, it's just going to – listen, folks, we're ruining football again, and it's the best thing ever. <laughs>
0: The big point there is, like, you talked about City being, like, this super team. But what did they do? They essentially employed a type of football that we had seen before in Barcelona and, like, what Pep kind of does everywhere he goes. And it's sort of his signature, and it's it's brilliant, and it wins games. And, you know, it's fun to watch. But what I think makes this team so cool, and we've talked about it before, and, I mean, we're not the only ones, but is we win, like, so many different ways. Like, if you want to play it into the channels and just, like, Play it over the top we can do that look at what we did to everton with like a rigi's goal but if you want to play super technical that's no problem we can go there as well we can play on the ground quick one twos like streamline passing you yeah it. I, so it's we're so versatile and that's why we're so hard to beat is because we'll just if you want to play this way we'll play that way but we'll beat at it
1: yeah i think the future of football and what like the legacy of this jurgen klopp team will eventually be Uh, in four years' time when he probably leaves the club is that uh, the complexity of football is really just breaking down the absolute simplest aspects of it and just having someone that focuses on that to teach the players and and, and segment, segmenting it like that so that they develop each individual skill on its own and then are able to tie it together because football to this point has been, is largely like the, the meta idea of football rather than breaking it down specifically into each little part, um, which is something that like, once again, like American sports have been really good at doing. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting to see that Kind of break into the game of football, and I, I believe, like in, in five to six years, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have all a bunch of different teams that are are really really good at doing like all these different things because it's the way you have to do football now in order to be any good. Um, and we're clearly ahead of everyone because yeah, once again, we're so far ahead of the league; it's ridiculous and doing things no one's ever seen. Uh, but okay, so we could we could wax lyrical about Liverpool for like the next like twenty minutes if we really wanted to. But moving forward. Let's talk about priorities uh, with the rest of the season because it's like a a constantly fluid and evolving thing when it comes to this Liverpool team is moving our expectations further and further uh, up the board, so to speak. Um, But let's really look at mainly the FA Cup because it's the hot talking point right now.
0: How do you define, like, in a season where you're you're quite sure that you're going to win the league February 1st, I think we'd all say just winning the league is obviously a very successful campaign but like what do you want for this group because we're talking about legacies and you know we've talked in the past about how what well, we don't know what the future of some players are so before this team maybe starts to go different ways or whatever happens like what do you what what would be the best way to define their legacy obviously a treble but let's just say for a minute that you've you know they've already they're already European champions does the FA Cup now like where does that rank how much does that help their legacy
1: Well, like, it's also like in that regard, it's like something they haven't done. How much do the players want to do it? Because it's something they haven't done. And how much do we want to see them do it? Because we haven't won it since 2006. It's 15 years. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's been a long time since we've won the FA Cup. And I get it. It's not as prestigious as the other ones. But, you know, we're going to knock the league off. And we're going to knock the Champions League off. And that doesn't make them any less important moving forward. But wouldn't it be nice to, to see them have the whole collection at some point?
0: I mean, I, obviously, like, I, th- I would rather have the trouble than the invincible thing, right? Like, I don't care yeah. about the invincible thing. I want the trouble. And so, but, like, I do get where Klopp is coming from on this, like, stance on the FA Cup, why he's kind of like, eh, whatever, the kids are going to play it. like Because he was saying back in, I think it was in December or something, he was talking about the possibility that this replay could happen, and he was already upset about it. So... You know, I understand because at some point he wants to take a stand against this fixture congestion thing. But I also think, you know, are you really going to tell me that Jared and Shaqiri, Lover and Joel Matip, uh, Nabby Casey, Adam Adam Lalana. you going to tell me that these players need a vacay, like they need a yeah. vacation? They've barely yeah. played. They've been sitting on their butts most of the year. They've had so many injuries. Like if they wanted to take a vacation while they were rehabbing. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. And if I'm one of those players, you know, I'm thinking to myself like, nah, man, like I I just – I'm itching to play. I need to get back in the squad on a regular basis. Let me get out there. Let me box this one off for us. And if nothing else, like push us closer to a trouble. So I think he should leave it up to them. But the fact that he's kind of saying, like, no, the kids will play it. I won't even be there. Kind of makes me feel like, all right, you're just making a point. But at the expense of the opportunity to pursue a treble, which I'm not real thrilled about. So I, I wish, I hope that he, like, opens it up to the players and says, like, look, if you want to stay and play, go for it. But if not, you're no, I'm not going to hold it against you if you take a vacation. Like, just leave it up and leave it in their court and see what they do.
1: Yeah, I I don't think – I wouldn't put it past Klopp. Like, I was saying to you right before we came on, like, uh, if I think if the players went and knocked on his door and were like, look, look, boss, we understand – you're making a stand and you you want to make a point and there's a whole, there's a lot of nuance to this whole FA cup thing and the outrage towards Jurgen Klopp towards it, because there's like multiple levels to it. But if the players went and were like, listen, boss, I get it. You're, you're being principled. You're, you're a man of ideals. You're, you're fighting against the, the evil, uh, corporatization of, of English football. We get it, boss. We appreciate it wholeheartedly. However, I really want to play. And it's an opportunity, and I need to, like, all the things you said. I want to get back yeah. in form. I've been sitting around doing nothing for four months, anyways. <laughs> yeah. If you're Joe Mateep and you're Jared and Shaqiri, so I've like, been
0: itching to get it back on the pitch while I rehab this thing. And now here's this opportunity for me to get back on the pitch and keep playing. And, like, you saw Matip in that match against Shrewsbury did not look very good. Like, he, the rust was evident. Fabinho came on, I thought he looked rusty as well. Um, all the senior players in that match looked about as rusty as they
1: could coming they, back from they injury. They really
0: did, and it's a, it's a good chance to play at Anfield. And, like, look, if our lineup is, let's say, Shakiri, Harvey Elliott, and we'll say Paul Glatzel makes his debut uh, up top. And then if your midfield is, like, Keita. Lalana, uh, Curtis Jones. And Curtis Jones. And then you have Lovren. Matt and then Williams and LaRusso on each side of them. And then Adrian and goal. Cause here's another guy like Adrian's made. What I think a grand total of like 10 appearances this season. Yeah. He spends most of his time just watching on the bench. Like he's probably thinking, I don't need a vacation, man. I need to be between the sticks and stay sharp. If something happens to Allison down the stretch, I need to be ready, you know, so that we can win this premier league title so that we can pursue a champions league title. Like I need to be on top of my game that's yeah. I think we should just leave it at that like or that's what Klopp should just leave it at is like all right look like, if you guys want to do this I'm like I'm fine with Klopp being like yo I'm going on vacation I already I already made plans like yeah I, that's done so uh, Critchley will be taken in charge but uh, if you want to play go for it like I'm fine yeah. with that people are like outraged that he's not even going to be there They're like he doesn't expend himself physically I'm like no but you know like he gets burnout on the whole thing too like after a yeah, while. I mean, he
1: just he just went through a stretch where like they played every three days for like a month and a half. He had no time to like savor any victories. It was straight into the analysis for the next one. It was He won the Club World the...
0: Cup, and three days later he was back at it. it like...
1: Yeah, there's been no time to just take a breath and go, oh, and like reset just a little. He just doesn't he doesn't get weekends off, folks. He doesn't have a five day <laughs> work week. He's a seven day almost twenty four hour work week. You know. Uh, oh, and even when he's sleeping, I'm sure he's thinking of football, and it fucking bothers him.
0: Think about how many press appearances he's made in the time since we won the Club World Cup. It's ridiculous.
1: Oh, it, it's fun watching, like, Klopp uh, interviews and just looking for the facial expressions after <laughs> he answers questions. I don't even listen to what he says anymore. I just
0: like the one where he was like, that's a shit question. You know. <laughs> you you asked it anyways, even though you know it's a shit question.
1: <laughs> no, he told him. He was like, no, go ahead. Ask your shit question. You're going to ask it, so ask your shit question. <laughs> And the guy was embarrassed. He's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, well, ask your shit fucking question. You know it's shit, and here it comes. <laughs> but here's, like, another thing to consider with this whole U23 thing and for people that are freaking out about it, whether they're, they're Liverpool fans or not, is, like, uh, the FA does expect a U23 squad to be able to beat a League One squad because they set up a whole tournament called the Trade Trophy that's basically championship and Premier League squads play their U23s against League One and League Two squads. for a a chance to go to Wembley and and play in a final. So the FA, the FA acting like, you know, we're throwing the game away by the U23s or people upset that the U23s can't do it. It's just not true because they play in this competition every year called the Czech Trophy and U23 sides beat League One Sides all the time in that competition. So, I mean, it's an opportunity for the boys. And to be honest, they're still professional footballers. They're still on wages. They're just...
0: Here's my thing too. uh, You know, these kids are... Okay, so the U23s, they're probably an average age of 18 to 20, right? Yeah. At what point, like, how big is the gap between League One, which is what Shrewsbury is, and the U23s of a Premier League team? Like, how big is well, the gap? Aren't these kids about to be a point where, like, when they want to get regular games, where are they going to go on loan? League One and Championship yeah, clubs. Yeah, exactly. So they should be able to at least compete with these guys. I know that they're playing against full-grown men. Freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, cum dog. <laughs> Cummings. Cummings. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. What cum dog, though. Cum dog is good too. <laughs> no, you've seen the th- the locker room shenanigans, right? Like,
1: yes. 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 Yeah,
0: I'm like, oh god, this is what this guy's gonna get famous for. But <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, these are yes, these are full-grown men, but these kids are highly talented teenagers looking to prove something young men with a lot on the table they should be like no one can be mad at the, the fact that they're gonna play it's just a matter of like do all of them have to play when you have some senior team options and i mean i i do think most of the fan base is this this isn't like the league cup where like literally no one cared they're like we already have the most of them of anybody and it's absolutely worthless you get a hundred grand for winning the league cup that's it yeah. So no one really cares. But this thing, okay, it's not super valuable, but it is worth, like, a couple million, I think. And it is football's oldest trophy, and we haven't won it in a long time. You know, we won the League Cup in 2012. It's, like, for a lot of people who have come into Liverpool in the last 10 to 15 years, you don't even remember the, the League Cup victory in 06. Like, you remember the highlights, but you don't know. You, it seems like a lifetime ago like it was right at the beginning of my liverpool fandom and it legit feels like a lifetime ago so i'd like yeah. to win the damn thing again you know arsenal won like nine of them in that time
1: <laughs> yeah no it's a, it's a dom- it's the biggest domestic trophy uh or dom- like you know other than the premier league on offer I and mean, then we we need to win them dom- i mean it's part of yeah, at the back, at the end of the Liverpool, you know, this Liverpool team's era, you got to look back and you're going to ask, did they win any FA Cups? Like, it's going to matter, you know? Well, it might the, not just
0: to Trump 99 United, you know what I mean? Like, because we're going to have more points than they did. And we're, yeah, exactly. like, we're going to win the Premier League. And if we if we win Europe again and then we would do this, it's like, yeah, we were greater than that team. Exactly. And that is
1: my main my main priority is to erase all of football history in one season and just rewrite it so that Liverpool is in every category when they gotta talk about well who won the best treble? Liverpool. And then who won the best who was the best
0: league champion? Liverpool and Oh
1: shit. <laughs>
0: I know. Be like, meanwhile they're throwing flares at Ed Woodward's house. <laughs> hey, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Oh. I was like, these are Napoli level shenanigans. I like it. I like that they called the sun first to notify them. So yeah, what a be...
1: bunch of tits! Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm happy. That's like, listen, people make fun of Liverpool fans for this like Liverpool like Liverpool fan exceptionalism that we possess. And though we did protest against our owners, we never stooped to that level. We right. never because we understand that's just ridiculous. <laughs>
0: Act like it? adults. Uh, Yeah, like act like we live in a civil society here for a minute.
1: (laughs) And like, didn't you guys go make a whole nother fucking club that you're supposed to be all investing in? I'm like, we're going to take over fucking Man United. We made this club. It's green and yellow like we used to be. (laughs) 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 Why don't you all fuck off and go fucking to that club and spend your money, you fucking tits? Goddamn. No, let's burn down Ed Woodward's house because we're fucking (laughs) maniacs. Goddamn. Stop going to the matches. Turn off the TV. Your football life's about to be over in three months anyways. So, like, start it now. Get a (laughs) jump start. On, on turning off football if you're a Man like United guy, fan.
0: I like the guy. I think it was a City fan the other day. Just to, Or no, it was Liam Gallagher, the guy from Oasis. He was like, give a shit who wins. Football's ruined. I was like, oh, poor Liam. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember at the beginning of the season, he was like, I don't think anybody will beat us as long as we have Pep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which, Fuck off. Way, which, by the way, we could just do a, we could end up doing like a whole other show. But you and I have talked about how he's uh, eschewing his way towards the exit. And like I definitely think so. This week when he was um, when he said the the supporters need to come out for the cup matches the same way, and like basically threw them under the bus for the, the Etihad being empty. I said I've been trying to convince my buddy Pete. I'm like, yo, he's leaving. He's like, why do you say that? I'm like, okay, first he was basically hinting at the idea that he didn't get the support that he wanted in the summer, right? Or that he's not being supported enough by the ownership. And then he's, he talks about Klopp constantly or whatever Liverpool's doing constantly. Now, phase two, alienate the fan base. <laughs> like, yeah, right? <laughs> that way they don't even care that much when you go, you know?
1: And if you're Pep Guardiola, you're endangering your impeccable legacy in English football if you do uh, endure this defeat and then you go into next season and then you get beaten again on the bounce by Liverpool to the title – you have now just opened the conversation for the fact of, well, you know, there wasn't actually really any competition for Pep City until that, that Liverpool first season. And then what was thoroughly proved is once Liverpool got fully set like Pep City were, that Liverpool was a lot better than City. And it kind of throws it all into question. And if you want to keep that intact, you just dip out. <laughs> Say, peace. See ya. All
0: right. Uh, the, you, you know, we've gone over in like conversation about like what what's going on at barcelona like the post Messi area the whole thing with la masia and like about three or four years i think they're going to come to his door like begging him to come back so he's got to fit in one more adventure he would probably like it to be in the premier league but that's not going to happen so italy. It's,
1: yeah, italy it's it's probably italy it's probably
0: juventus it's probably it's
1: juventus or it's psg like those are the two options those are probably the two
0: options yeah like, can he get PSG? They're what uh, they've never won a European cup, have, or did they win one back in like the 60s? I think
1: no French team has ever won a Champions League.
0: Oh, wait, no, no, no Marseille's Marseille Marseille,
1: Marseille is the sorry, Marseille is the only French team to win a Champions League. I remember this because I got in a discussion with someone about whether the French League or the Belgian League were like competitive, and I was like, well. It was about like Belgium, the Netherlands, and Denmark forming one league. I'm like, well, Belgian and, and Netherlands teams have done far better in finals than French teams have. But yeah, Marseille is the only team to have won a Champions League in France. Sorry, to That's correct right. myself.
0: Yeah, but yeah, there's there's only so many places that he can go. That's probably going to be it. And then he's off. He's back to Barcelona. So you know. I, yeah. Plus,
1: uh, he has to keep intact his record of of, of collecting honors uh, more than more than Bob Paisley of uh like 2.5 a season if he stays in the premier league and he can't win the league every year and he can't win every domestic cup automatically he starts to like starts to bring his ratio down but yeah he's probably fucking off and then at that point it's all ours and football's ruined <laughs> <laughs> everyone's praying for pep to stay it's hilarious to me <laughs> And, and it's it's like funny, like,
0: it's like I hear all these people like this Liverpool side isn't as good as that seventeen eighteen City team. I'm like this Liverpool side beat them twice, three times. Yeah, I'm sorry. what are you three talking times about? Times in three months they beat them. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. A, a more shit version of this team beat yeah, them twice I, I, and I, at their own
1: ground too. So like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, what are you
0: on about? A version of this team that was prone to giving up goals beat them three times. What are you talking about?
1: A version of this team with Loris Carius and goal beat fucking City. So just calm down, everyone. Calm your fucking tits, okay?
0: Oh god. Yeah, Jesus.
1: But yeah, so that yeah, my pri- priorities ruin football. That's the main priorities ruin football for everyone, as it as the good old days. So you, you were. But let's okay. Let's look ahead. This is one of the very few opportunities where we kind of get to. Uh, talk before a match, Uh, but before we get into previewing the Southampton match, uh, just kind of looking ahead in a general sense to the next part of the season coming out of that winter break that we're, uh, pummeling or barreling towards, um, let's talk about a, a Mr. Mohamed Salah, who for the most part this year, we've been told is not playing as good as he could, um. But with Mane kind of being out for these last two games, uh, he's kind of reproving again that, and kind of showing, nah, he's still boss. And guess what? If you've been paying attention closely, actually, he's been boss.
0: Yeah, no, he's got uh, 16—no, he's got 12 goals, 6 assists, which we're about two-thirds of the way through the season, so let's just say that he continues on his current rate. Right? Like, we just— doesn't like have like a period where he gets particularly hot in terms of goal scoring but just continues his current form he would finish on 18 goals 9 assists which would be the same season Sadio Mane had in 17 18
1: <laughs> which everyone was then, pretty much satisfied with and thought was excellent
0: yeah and which by the way is like which would be Mo's worst season in a Liverpool shirt how crazy is that like your And worst also is 18 goals 9 assists
1: when we signed Mosala, I think if you had told everyone he would get 18 goals, 9 assists on average for a season, they would have been, like, overjoyed. You yeah, know, like, gosh. 39,
0: 35, 39 million pounds, whatever it costs for that, I, no problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a funny world.
0: Like, I thought the other day, he was. I just thought against West Ham, he was freaking everywhere. He was making every run. He was tracking back. He was winning the ball. He was just involved in everything. And then the assists, my God, what a, what a pass with the outside of the boot. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, for me, the main thing is is since that ankle injury has kind of subsided, uh, he's been a lot more strong with his back to goal. Uh, I don't know if the ankle injury had anything to do with it. But the main thing that I've been noticing recently is his his hold up play when the ball comes into him with his back to goal and his ability to shield the defender is back to what it was uh, at his peak in that first season and parts of the second season. Um, like I'm thinking about in his first season when he had his back to Harry Maguire and turned him and then just bursted by him. He's starting to do that type of stuff more regularly, and I think it had a, a lot to do with the fact that his ankle wasn't 100. percent And yeah, we're starting to see the benefits of a fully healthy Mo Salah. and yeah, it's amazing. And I think he is gonna have a period that you talked about where he does go on a little bit of a streak, and I think then we you're look at the see
0: like 10 game or 10 goals in 10 games kind of Mosala real quick here, like. Kind of like what
1: Sadio Mane did last year. It's funny because they kind of switched importance over the course of like the last 12 months. Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. And this was about the time of year last year where Mane did exactly that when Mo was out of the squad. He went 10 goals in 10 games and kind of pushed us through that point of the season. Um, until Mo came back in, into form, and it's kind of they've switched roles here, and it's kind of like Mane has been dominating the last twelve months as far as the front line for Liverpool, and Mo's still been playing good. Just Mane's just been playing incredible, and now Mane's hit a little bit. He started to slow down there, and then he got hurt, and now it's Mo's turn to, to pick up the reins and and retake the number one spot as far as being you know in, in Liverpool's front 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 three.
0: Yeah, well, and like you know i I just want to emphasize to people like you should really you got to appreciate mo Salah while he's here because he's he's a special player he's a a player that gets mentioned now when you say like ronaldo messi what comes after them it's mo Salah. it's you know he mbappe like he's in that category of player it's a special player to have in your ranks and i don't know if he'll stay forever i kind of don't think that he will uh and part of that is comes down to the way he's been He's been defended. Is you know, he's after his huge season. Like last year, you saw everybody got more physical with him. They started playing him much tighter. When he gets the ball, there's like six sets of boots around him. I mean, even this is going on now. Even with his current success rate, he's having to play through crowds. He's having to try to get shots off in really tight spaces. He, somebody's putting a challenge in at a, at a rate like you can't believe. And I think eventually, like, he'll kind of go, okay, like, I've done this, especially if we win the league. I think he might look at Spain and be like, you know, the defense is over there. It's a different mentality. Like, they've had Messi for years, but Messi doesn't get this treatment, right? Yeah. And it's just a difference in, like, the English mentality. Like, in England, if you are that type of star, they're going to start hacking you. They're going to start getting all – they're going to be on your back, in Spain, if you're that type of star, you get a little bit more respect, maybe a little bit more space to play, just because of the, the nature of Spanish football. That's they kind of are just different mentality. Um, I don't know. I think he might want to move. So I just want everybody to appreciate Mo Salah while he's here.
1: Yeah, while well, you can. Okay. And I think get... the
0: club may want to go. Okay, look, we can get like 200 million from Mo Salah. That's a yeah, 140 I... million pound profit. On a and it frees, the title. <laughs> it
1: frees up a it frees up a spot in your front three for someone to come in, or for someone who's already there to take over and like make that next step up. And it keeps like uh, it, it it stops it from all stagnating at some point. You know what I mean? It keeps it all yeah. fresh
0: because it can't stay like this forever. You know, and like it, my two big concerns in the window are him and Genie Wynaldum, Who I'm only saying that because of that interview that he gave the other day. He might just be playing at like trying to get a big raise but I don't know. He sounded kind of like, uh, anyway. well, so
1: Dave Maddock talked about it, uh, on the red men and what Dave Maddock said, yeah. it was, it, it wasn't a wage thing. It was a year thing. And I get that. Cause like if you're genie Vinaldum and you're signing this, this is one, if, if you're not moving away from Liverpool, this is your last big contract. Uh, you want to make sure you get as many years in that last big contract. If you are moving away, uh, you want at least enough years on it that I don't know, you're secure in your wage when you make the transfer. Um, yeah. Cuz you know cuz then if someone tries to come in and sign you they can't give you less wages cuz you still got 2 3 years at Liverpool. So fuck off, you know what I mean? Well, and
0: he's played himself into a position where who's going to come in for him? It's going to be a Real Madrid or a Barcelona type team. Yeah. So.
1: And the same thing with Mo. I, I, my friend hit me up and he was like, I'm very worried about Genie leaving. He's like a key asset now, and it's, it's another one of those things. We do this weird thing. We keep doing this really weird thing where players get hurt. We forget how good they are. They come in and take over, and we go, Wow, they're fucking amazing. And then we forget the person who was playing before them was was just as good or could also do the same thing of come in and play themselves into form. So that like you know, let's say Genie Vonadal leaves in the summer, everyone loses their mind. But then Nabi Katie comes in and dominates for six months. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, we have Naby in the wings. What was that? Oh, yeah, we have Curtis Jones waiting in the wings. Like, if Genie leaves, it would be – I'd be upset. He's been amazing for last year. The year prior to that, he was not so good to the point where people were talking about letting him leave. Why is he in the midfield? We need someone – we need that creative midfielder in the middle there to to take over Genie Valdem. Oh, we miss Ox so much last year. We miss Ox so much. Genie Valdem's playing his, <laughs> his his ass off. Oh, where's Ox? Like, you know – even if he leaves, he's 29. He's getting up there. Yeah, uh, at some right. point, there's a there's got to be a a, a a secession or a, what's the word? A Someone's got to. Se- yeah, exactly. Right. To take over for Virginia, Von- we got Marco Grujic on loan. We got Curtis Jones, 19 years old, coming up through the squad. We have Oxley Chamberlain. We have Nabi who's still only 23. Um, yeah, it's wow. it's yeah.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about like there's rumors going around about Kai Havertz. Let's say that happened. I mean, you're not short on bodies, you know, so I, it's yeah. definitely a possibility that he heads out, but I think for us just, then this gets back to like the legacy and appreciating what you're seeing because yeah, you don't know when, how long the, it's a modern football. You just don't know how long these guys are going to stay together anymore.
1: Yeah, and, there's, and there isn't an expectation for a player like Mo Salah, who's from Egypt, or Geny Vinaldum, who's from the continent, that like Liverpool is actually their like dream final destination club. You know what I mean? Right. Like even the stuff about Mbappe coming to us, there's still like the fact of the matter that he wants to go to Real Madrid and play there at some point. So yeah, that even no, it, if we, it
0: would be a middle we would be a middle step to that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like we could just and, go like, there, but. We have to respect the fact that like even though Liverpool's our dream club, like for someone like Jeannie Vinaldo, he I'm sure he grew up with Dutch football watching Johan Cruyff and then Johan Cruyff went to where? Barcelona. So like, yeah. you know, there's there's so probably a... make
0: that move, that would be a dream come true for him.
1: And he deserves that move. He's the, he's the best Dutch midfielder in the world, and, and the Netherlands are a footballing power, and all of their midfielders throughout history are greatly revered. And it's just weird that Van Wijnaldum hasn't gotten that level of adoration yet. Cheeky shout here. Netherlands <laughs> wins the Euros this summer, and everyone oh, goes, man. Gini Vijnaldum's the one of the best Dutch midfielders that's ever played. And well, we have we, that discussion.
0: If we do the trouble and the Netherlands wins the Euros and Virgil doesn't get the fucking Ballon d'Or, I swear to God. <laughs>
1: Yeah, then we're going to have real <laughs> discussions and there will be riots outside we're, Geneva's headquarters. We're making
0: a new award. <laughs> I'm going to petition well, no. like, I'm I petition forgot ESPN this. ESPN or make a new award or something.
1: So I forgot this, but the Ballon d'Or was sponsored by FIFA until about 2012-2013ish and then there was uh like a dispute and the Ballon d'Or was just started by this French guy at this French publication. And it was like it wasn't an official thing and then FIFA like absorbed it, but then there was a dispute over the rights to it. And so the Ballon d'Or is a separate award from the Best in the World award that FIFA gave Virgil van Dyke, So <laughs> He kind of won the Ballon d'Or already, but it's not technically the Ballon d'Or. It's weird. It's weird football shite. That's what it is.
0: (laughs) It's so convoluted. Uh, It's it's like uh, like the Nations League, you
1: know? (laughs) No, yeah, but once again, this is knowledge from Footy Man because I'm playing Footy Man and and, and my player wins the world's best player and then he doesn't win what's called on the game the golden ball. And I was like, what? And I go to Wikipedia and I found out Yeah, the Ballon d'Or used to be, was like taken on by FIFA, but now it isn't. And FIFA has its own best in the world. And they gave Virgil van Dyke that. So maybe we should just make a bigger deal about that.
0: Maybe. Maybe that is the answer.
1: But yeah. Yeah. Hey, soak it all up. Because Mo could leave. Jeannie could leave. You never know. And this is, it's really, it's really good. And
0: yeah, it's going to be tough to be better than this. So just enjoy it while it lasts. So So since we can. No. Yeah,
1: since we can, let's talk about Southampton real quick. Uh I'm looking at some of the stuff that Klopp has been saying in his his pre-match. Uh he just he said himself and it's it's it should be said. Uh he thinks that Hassan Hoodle should have won uh manager of the month for the this month that just passed. Uh because of the work he's doing because Southampton are banging form and they're cheekily in a shout with European places right now. Um, all because of our boy Danny Ings. Who, as I told you before we came on, David, is, there are cheeky Man United rumors about Danny Ings. It appears. And to I don't
0: me, know. I, I just, I was like, let me get on here and look real quick. But it appears to just be rumors at this point. <laughs> so. Okay.
1: Good. 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 I could not. Although it would be helpful if, because he'd had to move within the next uh, like five six hours, it would be yeah. nice if we didn't have to face Danny Ings and have that you know weird. Uh, he
0: has been lighting it up. He's got fourteen goals this season.
1: And we benefited from the fact he was on loan last year, so he couldn't play us. So this would like technically, well, I mean, faced him in the in the first match, but this would technically be his first time coming to Liverpool, yeah, playing against in, us. And it would be it's going to be a weird emotional thing, you know. I I, I liked Danny Ings before he left. I, I wished him the best, and now I wish him the worst for twenty four <laughs> hours. Just don't move to United.
0: Uh, don't go there.
1: And lose the match tomorrow, you know? Uh,
0: Southampton, though, you got to give them credit. Like, they've been on a run of form over the last, I think it's uh, 14 games. They've got eight wins, three draws, and three losses. But from where they started, because at one point they were in the relegation zone, if you go back to, like, October. And then they just turn it on. And what they're doing now, the way they're playing, I mean, the way they're pressing, they look uh, – I mean – Hassenhudl's gotten looking a little bit like us at times
1: hey they called him the the, the Austrian Klopp right like that was his yeah. nickname when or Alpine Klopp when Alpine he came in Klopp. right that's
0: what it was <laughs> which I was like that sounds like a you know a shot for the pub to yeah. work on you know work on I need like a what's an Alpine liquor
1: like, <laughs> uh, mint uh, schnapps. Ooh,
0: yeah, mint clop Oh, God. Oh, mint God. I'm drops. vomiting already.
1: No, yeah, but that's the point. It's got to be worse than the clop drop because like, it's not as good as yeah. the clop drop. Uh, it's it's like, the yeah. alpine clop drop, and it's <laughs> shit, and it tastes disgusting. But so someone you could get the, used to it.
0: Uh, someone called the Southampton supporters group. Let's let them know of this <laughs> idea.
1: <laughs> hey, take shit shots of liquor because – We're fucking tits and we like banter. Like, yeah, it's a good selling point. Let's find the four Southampton fans in the Bay Area that meet at, I don't know, fucking. Oh, hey,
0: I found, I meant to tell you, I found the Tampa Everton supporters on uh, Twitter. So I'm like, if we can win it at their place, we might have to just talk shit on Twitter to them. (laughs) (laughs) As Tampa top talk.
1: I like the idea of showing up with, like, a, a, a charcuterie board as an apology. Like, sorry, you had to go through that. And then just laugh and leave the pub that they're in. <laughs> <laughs> and leave them with a charcuterie board. Just, just, like,
0: just all Italian meats and, like, bring them some Italian wines for Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, you yeah. You guys are classy now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like act upper class
1: at least if you can't at least if your football life's over you can at least develop as human beings you know become more well-rounded <laughs> you all they're all gonna have to figure out what to do with their lives for the next like two to three years like what are you gonna do you can't enjoy football anymore so what yeah. are you gonna do well, get into wine get into get into italian salamis and, and hard and soft cheeses and can crackers. you
0: imagine how pissed richarlison is right now <laughs> Yeah, that rejected that bid
1: yeah, who's on that that was the question, right? Who's on more drugs? Uh, Barcelona or Everton? Like for you turned down what for Richarlison? What? Like Everton's an ambitious club.
0: Million? No, they probably just knew they're like the check is gonna bounce, so who cares? Like, it's not even a real offer. <laughs>
1: oh goodness gracious. Yeah. But, yeah, the five, we'll get the five Southampton fans together and we'll tell them about our Alpine clop drop. Uh, but, yeah, so Southampton. Back to Southampton. They're a decent side, uh, and they have been in a run of form. And even though uh, this Liverpool team, our boss, and the expectation should be that we're just going to show up and, and beat them at Anfield because we haven't lost in Anfield in so long, they are to be respected.
0: Yeah. No, they are. They're, they're a legit side. They've got a decent lineup. Uh, they can score goals. They do – play an intense brand. I, I expect them to come and give us a real game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I also expect the Reds to be on brand, which is be up for the challenge.
1: So, so just, what do you? what's your lineup if, if you're picking a lineup for us?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I don't think you can play Ox again. It was such a close window, so you've got to make a change there. I think Genie and Hendo is fine since they're going on a break anyways. You keep that intact, but you've got to slide in either Keita or Lalana. I don't know. Lola was sick recently, and I don't know if he's actually back uh, in full training, so it may have to be Nabi Keita because um, I, I, I'm trying to – or, I mean, you could try playing Curtis Jones, but I think it's maybe a, a, a time to slot I think in.
1: I think it's an opportunity to bring Fabinho in and move Henderson back up. Or the that, pitch. yeah,
0: sorry. Actually, that is probably what I would do. I, I forgot that Fabinho for uh, uh, – I don't know why I didn't think of him. So actually, yeah, you go back to Wynaldum, Henderson, and Fabinho, and that allows Henderson to move up to pitch. So yeah, actually, that's your starting midfield. Your back line and goalkeeper are the same. And I would actually go with the same front three because I thought Divock did really well uh, in that game. I know a lot of people were calling for Minamino to come in, and I get why, but I also think it's a bit early in the lad's Liverpool career. Like, he's only just settled in. Let's give him a chance to like figure out the role, get up to the level of fitness that he's got to be at to play this system. He even admitted, you know, after uh, his last appearance, that it, it's he's not quite there yet. He doesn't always sense yeah. where where to be and when to be there. So I think um,
1: that's another shout, by the way, for someone who should probably start in that FA Cup match to uh, get, because he had a winter break already. To be fair, you yeah, know what I already mean? Yeah, he had
0: one, so he might as well just play. And if your front three is him. Uh, Shakiri and Harvey Elliott like we're probably yeah. going to win that game so yeah he should have a choice as well
1: um, but, but yeah he's go, probably like, not starting Southampton
0: no I would go with a I thought like I said Origi looks good he does a passable money impression uh, when he plays there so I don't know I, I just think yeah you go him Bobby Mo and then just say it's the same lineup except for Keita and or uh, not Keita and um, Fabinho in for uh, Ox how about you and move move
1: Hendo up the pitch? I mean, that's yeah, the same. It's the back four or the back five, isn't it? Um, and then it's probably Fabinho because you got to start getting him starts in. You're about to go into a winter break, he's not going to play in the FA Cup. So, if you don't start him in this match at home with that kind of security, like when do you start him? He's already had you know the full FA Cup appearance, he came on uh against West Ham. Um, so he's probably ready to make a start in the league. Uh, it has to happen at some point. He is technically your for- first choice six, even though there's a cheeky discussion to say that Henderson's playing better than he has at ever <laughs> at that position right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I mean, Fabinho gets hurt, and you think, "Oh no!" Like everybody gets all nervous, and then, bam, he just like yeah. pitches one shutout after another.
1: So I would start. Uh, I would start Fabinho. You probably start Hen- once again. The fact that there's a winter break means you probably don't have to rest the midfield like you might normally. Rest the midfield uh, in a, some of them, at least Henderson or Gini, because they have been playing just a string of 90 minutes in the league the last few games. But yeah, Fabinho, Genie, Henderson. And then, yeah, I, I just read that uh, Klopp was optimistic about the injury. So I think that means Divock Origi starts, although mm, there's a chance of a cheeky Curtis Jones or uh, Shakiri uh working in there just to start.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could go Shakiri and then maybe slide Mo central. or I don't know. Yeah, Minamino off the left. I don't know. Or Origi off the left. You could give Bobby a little break, although because he needs it because he's about to go on vacation. So, I mean, he yeah. has options. But I really just think you go with that same group that yeah. started, you know, the same core group, and then put Fabinho in, and that's about it. Yeah. Prediction yeah. 3-1, we win.
1: Yeah, you know what? The Everyone keeps going, well, Liverpool hasn't kicked in the form, and then we just we, this is the next seven games we win 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I mean, we are keeping clean sheets. Everybody was on our asses about not keeping clean sheets, so what have we done? Like, what is it, nine out of the last ten we've kept the clean sheets?
1: <laughs> yeah, and we let Wolves score that one just so we can get, like, people not talking about streaks, and we can just build another little five-game streak, and then we'll let City score one when we get to that match, and we'll beat them 4-1, and then we'll let, you know, it'll just go like that.
0: That'll be their uh, consolation for the fact that they have to have the guard of honor for us. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. How good is our how good is our defense nowadays? I mean, we obsessed about the goalkeeping position for probably about 5-6 years and now we don't even talk about how we have the best one in the world. That's how fucking good we are. <laughs> i'm I'm working on an article by the way of, of of appreciating our goalkeeper a little bit more because the dude makes ridiculous saves, like and we're just so numb to it. goalkeeping for some reason is the one position where the second you start performing amazing, everyone just stops paying attention when you're a forward, everyone fucking loves it when you're amazing when you're a midfielder, everyone fucking loves it defender, but if you're a goalkeeper and you're amazing, everyone just goes, yeah, that's that's just what he does <laughs> <laughs> like think, think about. Like- I think he's taking it
0: out of your book. I don't think he's going to cut his hair until we lose.
1: Yeah, right. Just, I love it. I, like I he's love it. Look
0: like you soon.
1: <laughs> I like. I hey, you know what? If someone's going to live out my dreams for me, they might as well look exactly like me. That's that's my opinion. It makes it a lot easier to imagine it or whatever. Right. I was very connected to the 13, by the way. I'm very upset he's no longer 13. That is my number. Oh, I wore it in every sport all through all through the ages. And then he was 13. I was like, it was a sign. This is the universe letting me know in an alternate universe, an alternate reality. My dreams do come true. I am the starting goalkeeper. I'm a fucking amazing world class. I'm winning all the awards. <laughs> but in this reality in which I'm tethered to, this is the universe letting me know. Thank you very much, universe. I agree. I was the next Manuel Neuer until my knees went. But yeah defense is Boston. So yeah I'm going five nil against the Saints because why because it's that's we're gonna kick into form at some point right Why not right before the Champions League starts
0: yeah and we just go and we go and win that it. treble. Yeah. I'm glad we're getting this break right now. This is a perfect time for it. I just want to get through this FA Cup match find a way to beat Shrewsbury and then yeah it's the perfect time to get a little rest before Atletico because I, I expect a lot of um, shit housing in that matchup
1: yeah we'll talk about that when we get to that winter break and you just made me so i'm fucking now i'm fucking invigorated thinking about the fact we get two weeks to kind of prepare for atletico madrid oh they're fucked they're so fucked <laughs> <laughs> oh they're fucked it's gonna be amazing we're gonna fucking three nil the first leg and everyone's gonna be like god damn it <laughs>
0: and they're in fifth in la liga right now They're not even, like, this is not their best season by any stretch of the imagination.
1: And not just that, but what Atletico Madrid hasn't had to contend with at all this season is taking on the pressure that is now being put on every team that Liverpool faces to beat them. And when it gets to the point of the Champions League, the whole world of football will be like, you have to beat Liverpool. And when that pressure descends upon them, they're going to crumble. And everyone's going to be like, how dare you, Atletico? And then they'll look to the next round. Who is it going to be that will stop Liverpool for us? Some One of you has to do it. And that pressure will just keep building and building. And Atletico, I'm sorry, but I just don't think you're going to be able to handle it. No offense or anything.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I... Over two legs, I don't. I just don't think they can beat us. I am looking forward to this round of the Champions League though, because there's just so many good matchups. You've got uh like Chelsea and Bayern, Real and City, uh, Dortmund and PSG, Napoli and Barcelona. Like there's just it's like one matchup after another. They're all pretty good, so I'm I'm really excited about this round because uh, it's going to be some broken hearts. Hopefully, yes, but I don't think it'll be ours. No, it,
1: it'll be the the rest of the world of football. And we will save all of these conversations for that winter break. that's coming up and we'll Indeed. cover all that. But until next time, I'm Jordan. I'm David. Up the Reds. Up the Reds.